Hey guys, welcome back to 20 Flunking Something. It's me, your host, your girl, Michaela V, coming at you with another hot and spicy topic episode. I have a guest today. Her name's Maddie. She's my sister. Um, so we are going to talk about how growing up in a low-income household has affected us in adulthood. So if you're interested in listening to that, keep listening. It's a very long episode, um, so I apologize in advance. The audio is over Zoom, too, because Maddie currently lives in California. Um... But I thought it'd be a fun episode to do, so if you want to keep listening, keep listening. Um, watch it or listen to it in segments because it's a lot. Um, we go on a lot of different rants. Um, so yeah. Um, okay, so we are here with my lovely guest. Guest, would you like to introduce yourself? All of Michaela's podcast subscribers. My name is Madeline, but most of my friends and Michaela call me Maddie. Mads, beautiful, most beautiful girl in the world. <laughs> A variation of those names. Um, I'm 26 years old, which is wild. Um, and I am Michaela's older sister. And Gracie's older sister, who was on Michaela's podcast a few weeks ago. So now you know why queer girls are the best in the world. Yeah. I'm recording on my, uh, so I'm listening through headphones, but I'm wondering if I should switch over to the actual mic that I record on. Maybe that might be a good idea. I think I might do that. So it doesn't pick up too much. Ah. I just realized there's going to be like a, I'm trying to set this up. Worst case scenario, for some reason it doesn't work. I can just re-record this recording on my phone and then just send you the file. Yeah. So this my mic is shutting up. So, um, let me see. I think it's good. I guess it is good. Just this way. Move my over. Just having all types of difficulties. <laughs> okay. Um. Can you hear me? Okay. Alrighty. Cool. Uh, yes, I can. So yeah, I decided to have Maddie on today to talk a little bit about how. Um, since we're both in pretty stable places in our life, money-wise, to talk about how growing up low income has affected us in adulthood. But before I ask questions like about that, because it's just going to be a conversation, I don't really have like a list of questions or anything. Um, I asked Gracie the same question and she said no and it hurt my feelings. But do you listen to my podcast? I do. Yay. I, I was a little behind for a while, but I've caught up now. Um, I actually listened to your last podcast literally like hours after you posted. Um, does somebody get sick over there? Um, and are you drinking anything right now? Because I, when I, when I record every podcast, I'm always drinking something. So I just wanted to ask you if you're drinking anything. <laughs> Mm -hmm. 
I'm trying to hydrate before I go into crazy, crazy phosphating tonight. So, Ew, okay. Um, Tomorrow drinking- is John's wedding, so I plan on drinking lots of free drinks. So, I'm drinking Sprite mixed with um, apple vodka. Pretty good. You can't taste the vodka, or maybe I just didn't apple. Taste- is it apple vodka? Yeah, apple. I saw that um, Syrah came out with a pomegranate vodka, and I was so tempted to buy it. But last time I got a flavored Syrah, it's not pretty. So, um. Syrah was the first ever like alcoholic beverage that I had getting drunk when I went to that birthday party my in between my freshman and sophomore year of college. I had like 16 so- shots of Syrah. <laughs> that's one of them and then I drove like four hours the next day <laughs> that whole day I was just concentrating on my brain I was like please don't get sick please don't get sick okay anyways Maddie where are you currently living <laughs> yeah so right now oh, yeah, right, now. <laughs> right now right now I'm living <laughs> in Pasadena California um, I moved, I moved to California about almost four years ago, I believe, um, mid 2018 to get my graduate degree. Cool beans, cool beans. Um, so, you know, I live in Greensboro. The price of living is quite different than it is in California. Um, I, every single time I go to California and I come back, I like search up like studio apartments in Pasadena and like how much it is. And I almost have a heart attack. So how has, um, how has your spending changed from moving from North Carolina to California? Um, I think it, it was definitely incredibly difficult moving from North Carolina to California because I I am pretty cheap, um, cheaper before than I am now, um, off-brand everything. I don't like to buy clothes for myself. I, I usually just wear something down until it's no longer wearable. I still have jeans that have holes and like crotch, but I'm just going with it. It's fine. But it's I think the biggest thing that I've had to do was just accept the fact that things are just more expensive out here and that you just can't avoid it. Like if I want to go grab drinks, you know, just don't think about the price of it because you're going to have to eat dinner somewhere. Right. Um, so it, it, it was difficult because I thought that my cost of living in North Carolina was high and now it's like three times higher for just the same amount of stuff. So it's just having to accept that was really hard. Um, Fortunately, I did get a little bit of a pay raise coming from North Carolina to here, but it's still been incredibly difficult with the prices of everything. I will say that seeing you and Lex struggle in North Carolina, um, I would, like, even though it is more expensive in California, I think that you guys seem more stable in California, but it's almost because you guys are getting like essentially paid to go to school. Whereas here you went to school, but then you also had to work like a full-time, like not full-time, but like other jobs other than studying. Yeah, exactly. Um, My friend who came from a stable job to go back to school, she's always like, 
she said that was hard to transition from her high income to being paid as a graduate student. But for me, it's always been an increase in income because, you know, I, I worked part time at several different jobs um, in undergrad. And so now as a graduate student, technically, I'm supposed to only have one job and I'm getting paid for that job. And that's where all my time goes. And even though I don't get paid a lot, it definitely is more than I've seen in my lifetime. Yeah. Um... So since we talked about where we are right now, both pretty stable or whatnot, um, let's pivot to our childhood a bit. Um, so I know it's almost triggering for some people when we talk about how we grew up. Um, I, when we were living in it, I wouldn't say that we were like in poverty, definitely not. We were not anywhere close to middle class, um, but I, well, once we started getting older, we got closer to middle class. Um, but I, I don't know. Um, I think when I actually became an adult and saw like the prices of things, I'm just like, how the fuck did, cause I mean like, yeah, mama worked, but she was also a stay at home mom. So I would consider our household a single income household. How the fuck would, did our father be able to afford all of this on top of car payments, on top of um, feeding three children? Like how, I, I have no idea how we survived. And like the whole ramen thing, like we ate ramen like every day. And I still hey, love ramen. Though. <laughs> ramen and spam. That was our struggle meal. Yeah. But um, how do you view it? How do you view our childhood? Because I'm. I talked to Gracie about it a lot and she doesn't, she, I guess, cause she was younger and she was a little bit more sheltered. She didn't really get to see like the struggle, um, that went into like the whole money making thing in our house, but how would you view it? Yeah. So I don't know if it's, I don't, I don't by no means do I think my childhood was traumatic. I come from a loving family, um, pretty stable. Um, but I do think that there's some, either I have some things that are triggering to me and I protect myself by not remembering them, or I just have really shitty memory. I don't know. Um, there's a lot of things that I don't remember, um, from my childhood, um, even high school really. So it might just be a shitty memory, but, um, I, I do recall, um, our dad always working and I'm assuming it was enough because there was always some food in the house, which is more than what most can say. Um, I also remember him being incredibly present though, despite the fact that he worked a lot, um, we would go outside and play. And then of course, you know, our mom was really involved with our extracurriculars when we were much younger, um, like with Girl Scouts and she would take us to the parks during the summer and whatnot. Um, but we always had to keep in mind, like the spending. So any activities we did had to be free, um, or we would bring our own food to the beach. Um, it was always something that we had to think about. And I don't blame mama for wanting to get us out of the house. It got really boring time after time again. We, I mean, three young children, it was very like, this is a crowded place to be, especially during the summer when all we wanted to do was run around and kept going in and out of the house. <laughs> I, um, I don't know. I feel like 
I feel like there's a lot of things in my adulthood that I think back on. I'm like, that really kind of sucks. So that, that I had to be conscious of that. Um, when that's no, no position to put a child in and it got more apparent the older I got. And I don't know if that's just because the dynamics changed and I was able to support myself through my jobs when I was in high school, or if, um, it was always that way. I don't, I'm not quite sure, but, um, yeah. Um, I don't like, like you said, it's no position for a child to be in, but it's so hard. Like, I don't blame our parents at all, but it's so hard to not talk when we are also very nosy children. So it's, it's so hard to not, or to hide the fact that you are struggling in front of your kids. Um, but fortunately had like a lot of support as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, definitely. Cause we didn't start paying like until they got the house. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we were incredibly fortunate for those, um, opportunities that, I mean, obviously we had to work for in a different way or not we, but like daddy and, and mama as well. Um, they both had to work for that in different ways. Yeah. Um, damn, I forgot what I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> do you think now that you make a certain amount of money, do you think it's, it was hard? Like, I mean, I don't know. Like, so like I said, I can't imagine like having three kids on the income that I'm making right now, but myself, I feel very stable. Um, but I, I mean, like I essentially kind of had two kids cause I paid for like my roommate's seat all the time. <laughs> so, um, that takes a big chunk of my paycheck, but also like, I'm not paying rent. Like that yeah. was the major, um, I don't like one of the major things that, but I do put most of my money into savings. And when I classify myself as broke, it's not actually broke. Uh, it's my checkings account is suffering a little bit, but my savings account is doing pretty good. But I also feel like my savings account, I can't touch like literally at all. So it's like the money's there for what Uh, I'm going to die with like a hundred thousand dollars in my bank account. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I feel like, um, what you were saying with the children, it's, It's really weird because people like 20 years ago, not even 20, like 10 years ago, they would just decide to have a child and then had a child. Right. Um, But I've been seeing a lot of like, we're millennials, right? Okay. People making fun of millennials because instead of having children, they move in with like their platonic friend and raise like cats and dogs. Yeah. My God, look at this. But it's like, really, can we like really afford to have a decent sized home with multiple children on a single income family. Yeah. It's impossible. It is impossible unless your one income is like at least 200K. There, I mean, there's, that's it. Yeah. But so for me, I mean, I'm still, the older I've gotten, the less I want children just because I like my life. I like, like, I like spending money. <laughs> I like to, I mean, I finally have gotten into the habit of actually spending money on myself, which mm-hmm. I've 
really done before except for like food that's how I would treat myself was just you said respectfully fuck them kids (laughs) yeah so I mean but honestly I don't even know if I could afford to have kids if I wanted to I mean I live in a one-bedroom apartment and it's nearly $1,800 and it's not even like it's a nice apartment but there's no central air there's no washing machine there's no dishwasher I mean Fortunately, I like the area, so it's worth it for me, but that's ridiculous. It's impossible. I think me and you had this conversation over the summer, I believe, where I said, um, if I was to find out tomorrow that I'm pregnant, I would be in the state of my life where it's like, would I, like, would I keep the child? Exactly. I mean, at least it's more feasible, right? Yeah. Yeah, because like Maybe. I'm not I'm not like in school anymore and I do a yeah. job. However, I feel like my job's very dangerous to be pregnant around. So <laughs> I, I probably um, wouldn't. No one would give you an office job. You're fine. <laughs> yeah. Um but do you now okay, so do you feel imposter syndrome when it comes to money? Um when it comes to money, I guess. And indirectly, like by the the acquisition of the actual money itself, like how I'm making the money, yes. Um, The fact that I have it, no. Yeah. So um, I'm going to come back to that in a minute. But I have been told, because my love language is gift giving. um, And I have been told that I'm the type of person to throw money at things when I want to fix problems rather than actually talk it out. And I guess it just comes from childhood as well, like emotional um, stuff. But I, I don't, one person told me one time, they're like, you can't just throw money at things and expect them to be fixed. And I'm like, I know, but that's the only way I know how to like show love. And, um, I also think it has a lot to do with imposter syndrome. Like, I don't want the money. Like, I don't think I deserve this money. Um, so I use it on other people. Like, I buy other people's supper. Or, like, the other day I went out with a friend to a bar and I tipped the bartenders, like, $20. And she was like, can you afford that? And I was like, yeah. But I felt really shitty for saying, yeah, like that. Because, I mean... I don't want people to think I'm just somebody who throws money at some people, but I don't really feel super comfortable like having a large amount of money when I can be helping out people who um, are helping me essentially like bartenders. Like I stay, I stay there until like 1am and I drank like seven drinks and I was asking them all these questions. So, I mean, I think they deserved my $20 tip, but I don't want to be that type of person who just throws money at things. I feel like people are going to hit me up after they listen to this and be like, you can throw money at me. (laughs) Throw money at problems. I do like giving money away though. Um, uh, I'm also, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I'm also a firm believer that like good karma. So like you get back what you give. So if if it's my last $10, I'm going to give it to you because obviously you're struggling more than me. And I don't, I've never, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I 
so my love language is also gift giving. That's how I get to everyone around me. Um, and then my receiving love language is quality time, right? That's one, right? Yeah, my, yeah, quality time. Mine's word of affirmations. Tell me you're fucking proud of me and I will cry. <laughs> yeah, no, I really, I think, I mean, I know you said that you can't really like express love like in a more non-physical sense, I guess. Um, but I think this goes back to just like my psychology days where I just understand people really well, even if I don't interact with them, I can just, you know, understand people. And because I, my receiving language is quality time. I just know those people really well. But back to your point with like tipping and stuff. I mean, I don't feel imposter syndrome for like, I don't feel the urge to give my money away because I feel as if I don't deserve it. I don't, maybe it's a little selfish than that. It just makes me feel good, I guess. Um, I mean, I, I tip almost everybody, even when it's not really necessary. Um, I was talking to my husband, Patsia, and my brother-in-law, Jay, when he stayed over, um, over Christmas break. And they were telling me about tipping, right? Because on like DoorDash and stuff, you have like a range of options for tipping and then you like go to the bottom and then there's like at bars and stuff, you know, tipping like the minimum and whatnot. But I tip almost everyone, like at those little kiosks and stuff, even when it's not really necessary to tip, I always give a tip. Yeah to like an ice cream place one time and I tipped them like four dollars even though all I got was one one scoop of ice cream yeah Uh, which was like five dollars the other day I went and got like a manicure which is one of the things that I've spent money on myself for the manicure itself was like twenty dollars and I tipped the manicurist 15 nearly a hundred percent of my thing so I don't know just now that I I mean don't get me wrong I still worry about money and I'm not in the most comfortable place in my life, like where I want to be, but I'm in a position where if I have it and I can pay for these services, I want to thank people for giving me the ice cream. Thank you for painting my nails. I just feel like I have to give back in some way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I just, you ever feel, I also, Sorry, I'm like trying to gather my thoughts. But I remember this one time I went out with two friends and like me and one of the friends were like, didn't really have a lot of money, but the other friend, their parents like paid for everything. So they had a lot of money in their savings account because like they, their parents are paying rent and everything, um, which is a whole nother deboggle that I do not want to get into. Don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Deboggle. Isn't that it? Deboggle. Deboggle. The boggle. Um, anyways, um, but me and him were like, yeah, let's go eat, thinking that the third person would be like Taco Bell or something. But then she took us to like this expensive ass restaurant, and all I could order was a beer. And me and him had a conversation after, and we're just like, why, why would she do that? Why would she take us to a restaurant only she could eat at? And I don't ever want to be that type of person because, um, Oh, I want to be nosy. My my neighbors. 
my neighbor was like yelling my white neighbor was like yelling at my Hispanic neighbor through my yard because they were playing soccer and they were being really loud and now he's wow. at he's at their house knocking on their door saying sorry I don't know um respect, respectful because I would not say sorry I'd be like uh, screw you white man um but I do I find myself eating out a lot now um and asking my roommates to eat out with me and sometimes they're just like I can't like I'm broke and I kind of understand that because they are paying for my house <laughs> so um but oh they're arguing I'm so sorry. I'm being so nosy. They're arguing and I'd want the tea, man. But I don't know. It's, I don't want to be that type of person that's always like trying to like go out and everything. And my like, I don't like, I'm like, hey, let's go to a bar. And they're like, why would you go to the bar when you have drinks at home? And it's like, because I rarely go to the bar. But I mean, that's true. Like, I don't I, I could drink at home. Um but I just don't want to be insensitive to like other people that are struggling. But I also don't want to be like, oh, I'll pay for you because that's like a whole nother, like I, I can pay for myself. Why are you asking if you want to pay for me type thing? And I don't want to be like an insensitive type of person, but like that also comes back from me um, saying that I'd rather spend money on other people than spend money on myself. So when I do go out, I do want, to like pay, cover my friends' meals or whatever, but I don't want to be, I don't want to offend them in any way. Yeah. I think that was, that was kind of a, it, that reminded me of a conversation that I had with Katya a few years ago when we first moved to California and we were first making friends and whatnot. Anytime they would invite you out, you know, part of you feels obligated to go, or if you denied them the first couple of times, you feel the need to go in and, you know, socialize and usually when you go on a group that's really close like that um there's a single check right and you think it would be like itemized and but if it's a big group you know usually it's just easier to split it evenly across how many people are at the table and that part kind of sucks especially for people that are struggling a little bit because you know if you go to a nice restaurant or, you know, even a decent restaurant and you order drinks and whatnot, it adds up pretty fast. So if you are like conscious about money or you are, you have a budget or maybe you just don't have any money at all, you're, you're usually like conscious of what you're ordering. You're like, okay, I'm going to get a water and then a beer. So I'm only, the water's free and I'll still be hydrated. I'm going to get a salad because it's only $7. Okay. So my total is like 15 bucks. That's all I have to put in. But if you split the check evenly, you're going to end up paying for the other person's order too, especially if you didn't order that much. And so it is kind of a, a sensitive issue when you have friends of varying incomes. Um, fortunately for me, all my friends are broke now. So um, <laughs> that's a deal. We all split it evenly and usually it, it's fine. We only go out every so often. But I think in your case, like, you could be like, hey, you want to go out? And if they say no, then it's like, okay, I guess we can drink at home, you know? Yeah, I also feel like, I don't know if it's just with my age group um, saying that like we are like huge age gaps away from each other. But I, I think 
like when I ask to hang out with someone, it's always like, oh, what's on the agenda? I don't really have a lot of friends. So I could be like, hey, come over. And like, we just kind of sit in silence and like do our own thing. Um, but I, I think when I try to make plans with my friends, I'm always like, hey, we should go do this or we should go do that. And then maybe they're just like, yeah, like I, I don't have money for it right now. And I'm, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's, that's totally cool. Like I'll still come hang out with you. Like I feel- Yeah, there's a lot of free stuff that you could do, right? So. Yeah, but I just think beautiful. going out is an excuse to like hang out with my friends. And then I don't want them to get, I, I guess I could be upfront with them. And I'm like, I don't know. I just want to like hang out with you for like your personality or whatever. But I don't, I just feel like I've kind of become insensitive about the topic of money just because like how we grew up and everything but I it's kind of funny how like sometimes the tables turn like people who grew up poor are lower income now have stable money and they're the ones who can afford like sometimes more things like in my case like you know one of my roommates like his his family's pretty well off and he sometimes he I pay for his food every time I go out so it's like um I don't know it's it's just weird but I'm also working my ass off like I work 40 hours a week so it's like they never really see me so I'm just like yeah I can afford this because like I go out and like sometimes they're like hey where are you and I'm like oh I'm at work they're like come home and I'm like oh no I can't like I'm affording my lifestyle right now um I I don't know I just I don't think my head will ever be above water, even though it's well above water. It's like waist, I can stand up. But I think my mentality, because we did grow up struggling, um, I don't think I'll ever be safe enough. I mean, there is that saying where you'll never be able to afford your lifestyle. Is that the saying? There's some saying that's like, even if you were to get an income increase, or something, you'll make those adjustments in your life. You'll be able to afford nicer things. And all of a sudden your monthly budget is still the same ratio to income as it was before. Um, it's just now that you're making a little more money. Um, so I don't think we're ever comfortable. I mean, I think it's absolutely ridiculous that there's people in the US making so much fucking money even though they have, they can't even live long enough to spend it all, but yet they still make that money. But I still also believe that it's probably even not enough to them. Um, I mean, they got to go spend their money on shit like rocket ships and stuff. So, I mean, that's got to be expensive, right? There is absolutely no reason why Jeff Bezos (laughs) makes that much money and keeps all of it there is I can't like for me as a person like I make I'm I'm not gonna say how much I make but I make a decent amount and I still feel uncomfortable with that amount of money and it's like this man has billions and billions of dollars and he's not even sharing a little bit of it and I, I don't know I I just I yeah, I don't, yeah, it's something about that does not sit right with me, but I feel like he might have, like, a personality issue going on there, but um, I was going to ask, do you think now that you are in an okay, like, money-making lifestyle that you've lost, like, the frugality that you had, like, when you were really struggling? 
I don't. This is going to make it sound worse than it was, but I, looking back, I think it was worse than I thought it was. It wasn't struggling. It was starving. I was literally starving all the time in undergrad. I was so skinny. I, looking back at photos, I was like, this is, I was so skinny. I'm not, I mean, I'm not like a big person anyways, but I was really thin and it was really unhealthy and I was always hungry. And even now I think that is kind of the reason why I have such a bad diet because I don't eat three meals every day. I don't like, and then when I do eat, it's like big portions and then nothing at all until the next big meal type of thing, or I'll just snack all day, but never have like a real meal. Um, so I think now though, in terms of frugality, I still buy stuff from the Dollar Tree, like toiletries and paper towels and stuff that is so expensive for no reason. Um, I use facilities that my school offers for like grocery support and stuff like that. I answer surveys on the side to get gift cards for grocery stores. I sell stuff online to make a little extra cash. But now I'm actually starting to learn how to spend money on myself. Um, and so my monthly, my monthly expenses on myself has went from zero to almost, I don't know, $300 now yeah. just as I started to get used, like I go get waxed every month and I, go get waxed every month and you know I got a manicure for my girlfriend's birthday um last a couple weeks ago and I joined a gym recently and I'm considering getting a personal trainer so it's like I've never been comfortable spending money on myself aside from like food um I love to window shop but I never go with the intention of buying anything but the other day I went to go window shop at Windsor I saw a skirt on sale and I didn't even think twice. I grabbed it and I wouldn't pay for it. So I think now that I am secure in terms of, there's always money in my bank account now. Um, not a lot, <laughs> and even getting a little, a little dangerously low, but it's still more than I had before. And I'm learning on how to invest in myself because um, I was just so unhappy and so hungry for so long that I don't ever want to be in that place again. Yeah. Um, oh, crap. I, I literally have stuff to like say, but I immediately forget about it. Oh, the food thing. Um, I Daddy told me this growing up and it just stays in my head forever. You can't waste money on food unless you don't eat it. Yeah. So that's my motto. Almost all of my spending money goes towards food. Um, I... But also because I don't know if it's our background or whatever, but I buy things for functionality. Um, so I need them to be functional in my life. I don't buy, well, lately I've been getting a little bit better with my plants. Like my plants, like they don't really serve a purpose other than to make me happy. Um, and I guess that like me working on my mental health because I've put it on the back burner so many times before, but um, I make sure that everything kind of has a purpose in my life um and it's weird because I'm like looking at my pop figures and I'm like what 
purpose do they serve other than making me happy? Because if I had this many pop figures growing up, I think daddy would be like, why? Like, why? What do you get out of this? Um, I don't know. Just like clothes and food were like the only two really spending things. I mean, we had a lot of toys, though, but I don't even know where they came from. (laughs) One from every little place we went to. Also, what the fuck is up with like every now on TikTok, they're talking about Build-A-Bears are for rich people. Like we were by no means rich, but we had shit ton of (laughs) Build-A-Bears. Well, I guess if you look at it over our entire life, though, I think we went to build our first time when Grace was born. Yeah, like six days. Seven and you were four. Yeah. And and we got one like every few years. And of yeah. course, it seemed like a lot because we all had to get one. And like Webkins too. Yeah. Like I think the, the price has gone up a lot for builders. Yeah. No, yeah. Um, I have a Webkins. I already account. fed them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a Webkins account that I still play on on my phone and I have like 11 Webkins <laughs> and I'm just like how how like I'm like how bad our childhood wasn't bad but sometimes I look back and I'm like wow we had this but we were still eating ramen <laughs> and like and but the thing is with that it's it's weird because some people are like oh yeah I don't do that because it reminds me of my childhood too much but I still love ramen even though we shopped at the Dollar Tree, I still love the Dollar Tree. Even though we only bought stuff from the thrift store, I still love going thrifting. And I was also talking to my roommate about how um, when I made the transition over from Norway to WSC, like a STEM school where we had applied to, and my grade level was majority white. Yours was a little bit more diverse, but I had to make that change to fit in. So on my farm paychecks, when I got them, I immediately went on Mirror Carry, which is like people who don't know Mirror Carry is like a secondhand like store where you could sell your stuff. I would immediately go and try to find the American Eagle jeans all the time. And it's like I spent my whole paycheck on trying to like essentially fit in and like look like we're not poor, like not I keep saying that we were poor, like look like we're not from a lower income family. And I think I did a pretty good job, like, hiding it. I don't really, I, I can't interview people that I went to high school with and be like, did I look poor? Um, but I think I had a few people fooled. I don't want to go on a tangent, but <laughs> you just brought something up that really enraged me a little bit because WSC was created for, you know, for students that wanted to get a access to a free college education while in high school. Um, and of course it was right next to the um, high school in the city, which yeah, the was a, a predominantly black high school. So it was also meant to kind of like help those, help people of color, you know, get a college education and maybe go on to continue the education and then hopefully move out to Goldsboro, right? Or best in the city and then raise the caliber of the education in the city. But the fact that in just six, I don't know, I was year three, you came in year six, seven? Six or seven years after the school opening, it literally reverted to like gentrification, I don't, 
I don't even want to. And that's why the so enraging and the nepotism and it just just like you're resegregating all over. Oh God. Okay. Even within the school, that makes me so angry. I know. Even within the school, I got dress coded when I was sitting next to my white friend who was wearing like clothes that were way against dress code, and I got dress coded. They looked right past her and like looked at me. Um, but yeah, our school is racist. (laughs) I can't. I mean, it's like, and the worst part is, is I hate myself because I never saw it. I mean. For me, I guess, you know, it was much better. We were pretty split. Um, There was a lot of, um, a lot of the people that would have gone to Goldsboro came to WSC my year. Um, There was a decent bit of white people, but of course you have to have kind of like a a balance anyways, um, or else you you create a whole other issue um, with with race. Um, But even compared to the amount of Hispanics living in Goldsboro, the amount of Asians living in Goldsboro, like it's not like represented well in any one school actually. And you can kind of see where it's split all over Goldsboro where certain people congregate. And I just, I, I noticed it, but I didn't understand it. And there's a difference between like community and then segregation basically because you kind of get pushed to these certain areas and then if you try to unless you're white and try to gentrify everything it just doesn't go over well so it's infuriating I yeah I need to calm down I get really really I think so like high school so I went to Norway and I got bullied a lot, um, which is like, I know friends. So yeah. And so I got kind of like, bullied. Well, I didn't have friends. Don't get me wrong, but they were never in my class. So I had no friends in my class. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't really care that I was bullied in middle school. Like I wore like my neon green skinny jeans. I did not give a single fuck, but as soon as I made the transition to, you know, like a predominantly like white, um, I don't feel like I, it would have been any better if I went to the other high school, but um, as soon as I made that transition, like I started, I wouldn't say maybe it is resentment. I was a very hateful kid. I had some resentment towards our parents for being lower class. Um, I don't, I, and like, I look back and I'm just like, they were really trying our hardest, but seeing these people who were turning sick, like, cause you were one of the few people who had a car in your class, whereas I was one of the few people who didn't have a car. I mean, I had a car to drive, but it's like, I really was a little bit. Like my car was like horrible. Like it was a chipped paint, dented 95 Honda Civic. And my friend's cars, none of them were like super flashy either. Like they were all like your standard car. Mine's had like 2000, but not old. And it's like, we graduated in 2017. It it was insane. Like um, the Camaros. um, I felt, I don't know. I felt like almost embarrassed um, to be lower income. And that was like the first time in my life where I did feel. And well, also all the kids that rode my bus in middle school, because it's like you you see their house. You're, it's very obvious where they live because they ride your bus and they get dropped off at their houses. Um, 
I was the last bus stop. And sometimes I'm like, oh, thank God. I don't want anyone to see that. And we used to make fun of our neighborhood before we moved into our neighborhood. We're like, oh, that's, that's trailer park trash. <laughs> LOL, jokes on us. Karma. um god was like let me humble you real quick um but i don't know i now that i'm older i think that our parents really did like a lot um to support us i can't even imagine what it's like supporting um three kids one being a little bitch about the fact that they are we are lower income um how much income tax are we getting back this year <laughs> uh well i didn't, okay let's be real i've never i said my fucking pin number out loud at food lion like three months ago <laughs> was like, what kind of what the hell is wrong with you? So um i just don't think but oh no i my fucking neighbors are like parked right in front of my house. Yeah, for me, like, I feel like maybe I'm a little more fortunate than you to have not been. I've always embraced being um, not well off. Um, and now the older I get, the more I'm glad that I wasn't um, just because I really can check people's yeah. fast and real hard. Um, and I love doing it. It's my favorite pastime. Um, but I also feel like I I had something that I forgot. Never mind. Go back to your, your, your rant. Um, I don't, damn, I had something now I forgot. I don't, fuck. I'm so mad. I literally had it. It was ready. Uh, no. Okay. So I think the first time that I was very thankful that we grew up in a low-income household was when FAFSA was a thing. I was like, oh, hell yeah, I'm going to school for free. <laughs> I mean, I am in, free, but yeah. <laughs> I am in, in a decent amount of student debt. Not looking forward to paying that back, but I... I'll tell the government. But... I think that was the first real time that I was very thankful um, to have the opportunity. Like, they made great college essays. Um, yeah, my yeah. dad's an immigrant. Like, I'm I'm technically first gen. Like, give me Not a technically we are yeah. Um, but I also don't know where that's gonna leave me when I do have kids. Um, Obviously, if I'm well off, they won't get as much money back from the government or to go to school. But I, I don't want my kids to be stuck up. I want them to know the value of money. But how do you show people the value of money when you aren't struggling? Um, and it's also cool. I This is another controversial thing is that some students go to college and don't have to work and their parents are like focus on your studies. We got everything else like that's cool. Like low-key kind of jealous um but then there's some kids that are like I have to work um a nine-to-five job I have to go to school I have to get good grades because if I don't get good grades then why did I take out all this money in student debt like every time I made below a c I would 
I was so disappointed in myself because I'm like, I, this money, like I'm going to be in debt for essentially the rest of my life to what, get a fucking C, like try fucking harder, Michaela. Um, but I'm kind of like stuck in between, do I give my kids a better life money-wise? Like, of course I want to, but at the same time, do I want them to be like spoiled kids, like not paying for any, I don't want to be like, I don't want to be paying for like a 23 year old's rent. But this is something that, I mean, it's something I've definitely thought about something I talked to Katia about. Um, and I think that this is something that when people do have a shift in incomes, it's definitely something that comes up because of course, you know, right now everything's correlated to race. Um, however, but however, I'd like to think one day it won't be when everybody, when we have people of color's statuses also be promoted as well. So like, even though I came from a family where nobody had a college education, are you gonna go? Okay. Everybody had, nobody had a college education or, you know, we only had a certain amount of money per year, single income family, whatever. I am going to be a mother one day, maybe, and I'm on the trajectory to have an advanced degree, right? Yeah. And with that advanced degree, my minimum annual income will be much significantly higher than our parents have seen ever. Yeah. And my husband, who is also a person of color, he is also on a trajectory to get an advanced degree. So our children are going to come from a household where two parents at least have a bachelor's and will likely have PhDs as well. And it's like, you want them to get the best education possible, right? And which usually it's private schools, but I, I am all for public school system. And I think that if white people and rich people, not necessarily, I mean, usually it's rich people are white people, but rich people were to send their children to public schools, the facilities and the quality education will elevate much more because now their taxpaying dollars can go back into the educational system that is teaching their children. And yeah. that's kind of the way to give back and to elevate the system that I grew up in, you know? And it's like, the method obviously works. It, for some, don't get me wrong, it's a very, very leaky pipeline. You lose a lot of good, smart people along the way just because the cost of things, um, the, um, what's it called? The requirements. Um, sometimes people have to work and you just don't have the time to go to school or, you know, friggin', what's it called? when you apply for a job and the qualifications on the job, they want you to have like three years experience for an unpaid internship. Are you fucking kidding me? That's ridiculous. Why? And you know, the only white people can afford it. Not like rich people can only afford to take those positions because <laughs> they have people to help support them while they're getting this experience. Whereas a person of color, unless they have a good support system, or they were blessed to come from a family that knew how to um, scrape the bottom of the barrel. I'm reading uh, Michelle Obama's book, Becoming, 
And Michelle came from very like poor conditions. Um, you should read the book, it's really good. But yet somehow both her and her older brother, Craig, went to really good undergrads. And Michelle got her JD, like she practiced law. I yeah. mean, it's, she went to an Ivy. She went to two Ivies. So yeah. it's, it's possible, but it, for no reason, should have been that difficult. And I think that that is something that I, I intend to do even now. Like I try to give back to all these mentorship programs and stuff so that whoever is behind me kind of has someone helping pull them up because I literally had to figure all this out for myself and it was exhausting and I'm still exhausted and I'm still trying to figure it out all by myself, even though I'm supposed to have all these mentors and they all just, they're not supportive enough. They don't understand the circumstances that I come from or the circumstances that I face still as a a person of color. Um, And it's just, it's just crazy. I kind of forgot what the original question was, but (laughs) race tangent. I think that's mostly the reason why I constantly mention that I came from a lower income. Cause I'm like, if you could do it, I, I mean, if I could do it, then you can like, yeah. what's your excuse? Like, I understand everyone, everyone's backstory or whatever is different. Like, I don't know the problems that go hand in hand, but like, you know, I bought a house and see like mom and daddy didn't buy their first house until they were like, what, almost 40 ish something like that close to and I I don't know like I feel pretty fucking proud of myself because I'm like I I did this and anyone can do it like I know it's not easy buying a house or whatever but like by no means did I have any job that was like literally throwing money at me like right and I still went to school and I got my degree it wasn't like it was also like a career either you know and not Another side, side, sidebar. I don't believe that you have to have a career to be successful either. I feel like there's other ways that a person can be successful and rich in other things and maybe even money, especially if you just work hard, you just have money and you don't necessarily need a title to be in this elite category that I'm talking yeah, um, but I think that's a great segue to the next question I have. Um, do you feel the pressure of staying our staying afloat because like you came from a lower income family? Like whereas me, I feel like every financial stepping stone that I reach, I have to mention to daddy. Um, be like, I got a raise. He's like, Oh my god, I'm so proud of you. I bought a house, I bought a car. Like I like doing these things that kind of prove that I'm well off, like money making wise to, I guess, remind our father and our mother, our mom, that um, all their sacrifices helped us. And it wasn't for nothing. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've been, I know the, the, the storyline of this is income, um, which I think definitely influences a lot of, of who I am. But financially, it's not, it's not something that I, I feel compelled to, 
don't even know how to describe it. It's like, I'm more, I don't even know how to describe it. Like for me, when I want to brag about something, it's something that like I've accomplished that's non-financial oriented. But maybe that's just because I work in a, a place where it's like baseline pay. There's no, there's no raise and technically I'm still a student. So I don't know if that's might be what it is. Um, but I do feel that sense in other things as well. Yeah. I Name just recognition and status and stuff like that. Yeah. I just feel like I, I link financial success to overall success. You do. Um, yeah. And I don't know. Like daddy makes a lot of money now and I'm very proud of him. Um, but I, I see how it's also affecting him as well. I should get him on this podcast, but, um, he came from a lower income family and obviously, um, Way lower than what we were in two. Yes. And nine kids, nine, 10, nine, 10, a lot of kids. Um, and he, when we were young, he was struggling a lot and I can't imagine, but I, I think that he struggles now with the money-making thing as well. Like me and him kind of had the same mentality. He spends most of his paycheck on chicken minis. I make that joke all the time and they're like, Michaela, stop. <laughs> He's been constantly eating out and buying food. And I mean, I don't blame him because last thing you want to do when you're working, like when you just got done working 50 hours a week is to cook food. Like who wants to do that? Um, but I don't, I don't even work. I work a full-time job and I don't even want to come home and cook. Yeah. Like, I I don't know. Um, but I don't know. I, I find myself struggling, um, to, I might get my bills paid, but it's like the money left over. It's like, is it mine? I think daddy struggles with that as well. Um, he doesn't really know what to spend it on. I did end up downloading the acorn app. I told you about that. Um, and I've had it since October and I have actually, um, so what it does is it rounds up your extra change from each purchase and it invests it. So, um, since October I had had $460 of just spare change that I was using. Um, it, I have noticed that my bank account is a lot lower, but it's, because they're taking out my money. I had my first transfer the other day and I transferred it into my savings. So it was like $300. Um, but I don't know. I'm, I don't, I don't know where I was going, <laughs> but I, I think like, it's just a struggle of finding out where do you spend this money? Is it okay to have this money just like sitting in my account? Like money's there to be spent. Um, yeah. Anna kind of drilled into our head or not. She didn't drill it into her head, but it kind of drilled in my head when she mentioned this one time, she was like, it's my money. I should spend it in my lifetime because it's my money. And I'm like, okay, okay, bitch, go ahead. <laughs> I feel like that's, you definitely bring up a really good point though. And it's something that none of us are taught in school. I don't even know if it's like a course in like in like prep school like I don't I don't know where this exists but I know that it does and I know some people just understand it and it's called financial literacy and you talk about like diversify your portfolios and that means investments and there's a whole ass job where people just invest other people's money and somehow 
make so much money from that. And I am fortunate enough to have a really supportive partner who is curious about those types of things. So he, we, I always say, cause I, I am a firm believer in um, investing in myself. So I will buy something for me and then put that equal amount in savings. Yeah. And that's what I do. Savings is for emergencies or now I've gotten better where I started to use it. If I plan on like going on vacation or something, I'm like, okay, I'll pull X amount of dollars from the savings account. Cause this is what I've been saving for. Right. It's not like you know, it's supposed to be for just emergencies only. It's like I was saving for a good time. So I'm going to spend it from here. Or, you know, say one of my cats gets sick, you know, I'll take money from there and go spend it at the vet. Which I think, I think this is, you know, and I say this from a position of privilege since I don't have to do it, but I do think that uh, people that do find themselves with a little extra cash definitely try investing um, in investments, but this requires a lot of work because you got to research what you're investing. You, I mean, we saw what happened with GameStop and Reddit, and that was because some incredibly smart people that were everyday average Joes noticed that people on Wall Street were shorting GameStop because they didn't believe, like, I don't even understand the concept of shorting. Basically, they were putting money they were, they were buying stocks of GameStop because they were so cheap and they knew that it would get cheaper because GameStop, let's face it, is not like the most frivolous business investment. Now, when you yeah. can buy games on your Xbox and stuff, you don't even have to go to the store anymore. Yeah. But, um, you know, and but when people were buying stocks, it was making the stock prices higher and higher and higher. So the people that were holders they needed to sell their stocks fast or else they they would buy they would have to buy more of it or something like that i don't know the, co- the cost of the actual stock went up yeah um, eventually and then now it's back um, at its normal place but it, it requires a lot of work and unfortunately it does require a lot of like financial literacy um, but it is a good investment because right now my husband, he's really into it. He only invests um, X amount of dollars a month or every two months. It's, it's really not a lot, um, but everything that he's investing, he decided to put in our retirement account. So we can't even pull from that account until we retire. Or I think it's like, yeah. um, I think it's an age limit. I don't think you have to officially retire. I think, yeah when you're 50, you can just pull it out. But it's like, that's so nice because so many times, this is why rich people can actually officially retire because they have money and other things to help support them after they retire. Plus, you know, your jobs probably give you 401ks and stuff like that. Yeah. Whereas, you know, usually people of color, have to keep working and working and working and they have no extra money in these uh backlogged accounts and so it's like you're kind of just working to pay the bills and that really sucks and I think that it all just comes down to that uh the lack of knowledge and for some reason 
you know, white people, rich people, they, they are able to pass it down and they can break the system to continue to still be on top even after they quit or like retired. So yeah. unfortunately that's just the, where it is. Um, I recommend taking like a financial literacy course at like community college, like intro class. I'm sure you can learn everything online too. Um, I know Reddit um, has a good um, form for like people interested in like watching certain investment opportunities. I by no means am an expert. I don't even understand it. Um, but I think that I just hope that like, I don't ever get divorced with my husband because <laughs> I would lose everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I always try to drill in daddy's head when I go visit him. I'm like, Savings account, savings account, savings account. Like even though we opened that, one for the first time like a few years ago, but there's like nothing in it still. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't so um kind of going off of your whole um savings account is there because you're saving for something, right? Um so if I have enough money in my checkings account, often I do um buy stuff like at with my checkings account. I wish I had a separate account that was for like savings, checkings, and then saving for something, but not technically like a diet, like tattoos fund or whatever. Um, But I I do remember that for a long time, I was driving mama's old car and it had a lot of miles on it. I love that car to death. I was not very picky about it. Like I literally love that car. I drove, I mean, I think I could have drove in it longer, um, but the brakes were questionable and it didn't lock anymore so um when I was buying a new car because I bought my car myself I was texting him like oh should I buy this should I buy that and like it was a choice between two cars um one I did not like at all but the only reason why I wanted it was because it was like four thousand dollars cheaper the other one I was absolutely in love with but it was four thousand dollars more expensive um we ended up going with a more expensive one because the other one was like out of commission or whatever, didn't work. Um, but I took out like half of my savings to afford a down payment. And I'm like, this is what I was saving for. And thankfully, because of like the stimulus checks and I wasn't unemployed during um, COVID, that I was able to make that amount up very quickly. Um, but I don't, I don't, it's also with material things. It's like, am I deserving and I'm also very scared that people look at me and they're like must be nice and I'm like what must be nice to like fucking work my ass off and get what I deserve um I don't ever want anyone to like look at me and think must be nice like buying a house must be nice they're like oh she might come from a wealthy family like no shade to my coworker at all but she just bought a house and it's around like two hundred thousand dollars and she always brings it up but one time in like the meeting she was like, yeah, I'm basically paying for it with my dad's um, money that he got from selling his business. So she comes for money and her parent, well, she's a co-signer, but I, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't want to be like, oh, well, I bought my house myself, but I also don't want people to like lump me in the category of, oh, it's mom and daddy's money. Like you got, you got family money. And it's like, I don't have family money. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but yeah, it's tricky because it's like, it's the same thing kind of when people talk about like, oh, I'm so tired. And it's like, well, I'm tired too. And I worked all day. It's like, well, I mean, not to invalidate your tiredness, but I also worked all day and I 
used other stuff and I don't know it's like people's experiences are different yeah I know it's kind of shitty of me to kind of still put like rich people at the very very bottom because maybe they didn't come from money and maybe they did earn it I mean Elon Musk I don't know about Jeff a Elon. small loan of a million dollars. Okay, definitely not fucking Donald Trump, <laughs> but um, uh, Elon, and I, I want to say Bill Gates. Yeah. Maybe even Alien Man, Mark Zuckerberg. Money? Yeah. It definitely didn't, though. And I want to say Elon didn't either. And Elon even dropped out of school. I want to say it was like financially related. So it's like, sure, they deserve it, but it's still absolutely absurd. Get off your ass yeah. and go to work. Okay, but uh, let's, I am going I mean, to say that. I'm people- always so conflicted about these types of things because we live in a nation where we worship celebrities and freaking um, made them famous. Why so do we make much money? And I don't know. Well, it like that movie or that TV show, The Dropout on Hulu, uh, Elizabeth um, Holmes, I want to say, she came from money, like a lot of money. She dropped out of Stanford. She got a lot of funding for this device, um, medical device. And she is now in jail because she thought that her money could... I don't, I don't know. I think she got away with a lot because of the people she knew and the money that she had. So it's like these rich people sometimes they just be investing in stuff that they know nothing about. And um, I guess it goes back to like not really knowing. Um, when you have a lot of money, you kind of just throw it. I find myself doing, I don't have like a lot of money, but I find myself doing that now. Um, wanting to help people. And maybe some rich people do have good intentions. However, sometimes it comes back and bites them in the ass. But um, you think it just goes with also like no matter how much money you have, you still need to do the research. Yeah. Investments. Because even if I I don't know that that story. Have you watched that yet? Um, I started it, but Marlon was sitting in front of the TV and I couldn't read the titles, and it was driving me crazy. So I just started. <laughs> Yeah, um, that that story is absolutely crazy to me. But um, I I would have to say I owe every like in the position I am now. I literally owe everything to my boss. Um, I don't know how I lucked out from just looking on Indeed one day, sophomore year, looking for my second job because I could barely afford everything, to getting three raises in one year. Um, absolutely insane because. It's just, it's weird. And I don't know, like, I almost feel like I'm not deserving of someone like that being in my life because he has helped me out like a lot. And he takes time out to like still text me. Like, what can we do to, um, like I sent you that text, what can we do to expand your design business? Cause I, I told him, I was like, hey, look, I love working at the bookstore. I love working in the warehouse, but I did just spend a lot of money to get a design degree and I'm not using it. And he was like, okay, well, what can we do to keep you at this warehouse, but implement design? Um, so I, I do have to say that when you're not educated on that stuff, it, it is hard, um, because I don't think I would have bought a house. Um, 
if it wasn't for him, I'd probably be in California right now working as a barista, struggling my ass off. <laughs> so, I mean, in that sense, I, I kind of resent him, but um, I do feel like it needs to be taught more because homeboy, he's like 41, I believe. And he, in his last 10 years of life is when everything started like getting better. Um, he said, if I knew half the stuff you knew right now, um, when I was that young, then I would be retired right now. So, yeah. Yeah, I think you make a really good point because it really is all about connections. And that's why nepotism is such a big thing, right, in this country. But even still with now, like making connections, one connection can literally change everything. Mine yeah. is not um, financially related, but when... Um, for me, when I came to graduate school, I wanted to be involved in everything. And I still do. Don't get me wrong. I, I am exhausted. But I, if I think that I have a little bit of time in my schedule, I will agree to anything. And I serve on like seven different committees and I met so many people and I do all these mentorship programs and this and this and this and these little things all over campus. I do it um, on a society level. I recently was named the um, Hispanics of Toxicology graduate student rep for the next starting in April. Um, and so I'll serve for a full year. And one of my um, coworkers, current coworkers, and one of my previous coworkers, they introduced me to this other society that's a little lesser known. Um, it's still a nation, like a global society that's known relatively well, but it's much smaller than the standard one that um, people in my profession go to. And um, one of my ex-coworkers thought of me to join this committee that was formed a few years ago amidst all the um, uh, Black Lives Matter protests and whatnot. And yeah. so I joined a diversity, equity, and inclusion work group, and it was so strange. I went to the very first meeting. It was the first meeting of formation, and they were like, I think a trainee should be the chair. And I was like, I know they're not going to say me because that's ridiculous. So, of course, they asked the other two postdocs, but they were busy. And then they're like, okay, Madeline, that just leaves you. And I'm like, I don't have a... I don't have an excuse not to, so I guess so, but I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm the only yeah. non-PhD on this committee. Everyone else has gone to graduate school, graduated, and has, if not, they, if they haven't, most of them have had their careers for years. Only the two that I knew had just graduated recently. Yeah. Um, but they were already in the next stage of their career. And so I've been serving as the co-chair of that committee for almost two full years now and um, I don't think I'm going to go out for a third term just because we've made like executive decisions and stuff but if it wasn't for that committee I wouldn't have been nearly involved with that society as I am now I literally go I serve as the liaison for this committee for the communication committee um, which involves everyone that communicates what the society is doing to the public yeah um, and I applied to uh, present research at the annual conference this June, and I, what mine was selected for an oral presentation. So I'm giving like a formal oral presentation, and those slots are like 
really hard to come by. Yeah. I applied for um, a training grant alongside of that, and I was awarded first place for it. And it, I think it, now it's becoming like a, ring, uh, a name recognition thing. But the good news is I've demonstrated that a person that's still in graduate school, still in their early stages of graduate school, can hold these types of positions in the society. And for that, I think that it's a better place to harvest good careers. You know, it's like you're giving back to the bottom and then you're elevating everyone all at once. And it was just that one conversation that I had with an ex-coworker that led to all these new doors opening for me that I've been able to get basically on my own at this point. I mean, I have a bunch of people to thank, but it, it's really is been crazy. Like the connections that you can make. Yeah. Um, having a good, you know, boss. <laughs> yeah. It's all, I've always heard growing up connections, connections, connections. Um, but it wasn't until I met like my main connection that I realized like how much it is connections. Um, but it is getting, quite a long episode I think like an hour or so um but I wanted to ask a question how this might be controversial um but how do you think growing up in a low-income household affected you positively in your adulthood and then the negative effect you think it has so positively of course I think something we talked about continuously throughout this episode was uh, consciousness. So you're aware of how much you spend, even if you're not worried about spending it. Um, I would say that is a positive aspect because you can still be conscious about something, but not worry about it, I guess. Um, you're just mindful. Um, and because you have experience of what it was like not living frivolous, you know where the frivolous aspects of life are. So if I were to look at my monthly budget and I'm, and I'm like, you know, for some reason I have like one extra bill, like say I have to take the cash and for their yearly checkup, that's an extra like almost $400 that usually not in my budget, but it's like, where can I pull this money from this month? since I have this um, requirements that I have to do. And you can kind of pull out aspects of your monthly bills and be like, okay, well, I don't really need to do this this month. This is frivolous. Whereas the negative aspects of it, I think that you feel a little guilt. You do buy something a little more on the expensive side. Um, which is why I love that gift giving is my language. Cause I never feel guilty about buying stuff for other people. Um, husband, budget on buying stuff for other people. Yeah. There, my husband loves really nice things. Nice <laughs> about it. I just buy it. Whereas if I don't buy clothes, if they're over $10, which yeah. is all my holes have jeans in them because I mean, all my the holes have jeans in them. All my jeans have holes in them because I just had a stroke because that sounded right for a second. Because I just can't, I can't bring myself to spend that much money on myself. 
um, because I feel guilty about it. It can go towards other things. It can go towards, you know, my sons or, or my husband or my sisters, you know, I, um, always like to give money to people like your birthday came up and I made sure to budget that in and I have Jay's birthday next month. I got to make sure to budget that in. So it's like, it's, it's just, you, you feel guilty with growing up that way. And we talk about it like it's horrible. It's not, it it really wasn't. And we recognize that, but I think anyone who grew up in a circumstance where they knew that um, times were tough, you have a sense of guilt when you kind of splurge on something. So you're positive, you're conscious, you're mindful, um, and you recognize where your spending is negative. Um, you feel guilty if you do um, buy something for yourself. It's true. It's true. I feel the same way. But I'm going to wrap it up here. Um, Thank you, Maddie, for being on. Thank you for being my second guest. Um, Very different topics that I had with you and with Gracie. Like I said, um, you know, Gracie's almost turning 20. So I thought that'd be cool to like ask her about like what she wants to experience in her 20s. Whereas like, yeah, and it's really interesting, interesting to see like each of our perspectives growing up in the same household. Yeah. Um, We all had different childhoods. Gracie, I think more different but even between me and you, our age difference is not that it's great. Even like, like I mentioned as well how different like our high school experience was. Yeah. Even we were only yeah. two years apart. Um, but yeah, thank you for coming on. Thank you for being a guest. Um, we're going to end the episode. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Makata underscore. I have a link tree. Not right? Twitter. Not nah, do not follow me on Twitter, please. Um but I have a link tree where you can find um, my design page. If you want designs, please hit me up. I also created a Instagram design page that is in the bio of my main Instagram. I also have some COVID, Black Lives Matter, and LGBTQ plus resources. So please take advantage of those. Um, I have the link to my podcast. But if you're listening, you know where to find it. Um, you have any plugs you want to plug in, Maddie? <laughs> if any of you are... Um trying to get financial support in college let me know I know of a few fellowships if any of you are interested in applying to graduate school I'm also open to talking about that even though I am in the STEM field I think the graduate school process in general is very similar so I'm open to sharing my experiences because it is not all rainbows and butterflies um and if any of you are uh thinking about making a big change in your life let me know as well I moved all the way across the country with literally all my savings spent on just the trip so I know what it's like to make big changes I am open to listening to anyone Um, I am an advocate for mental health as well Um, Michaela and I both go to therapy and so we are open to sharing our experiences with that as well so Uh, you have any questions at all email me to get that from Michaela yes um yeah um I hope everyone has a good weekend and good Sunday get out and enjoy the sun um I know we're under like winter advisory warning right now 
which is absolutely insane because it was like 80 degrees the other day. But I hope you enjoyed this episode. Hopefully I'll have more guests in the future. I'm not really sure if I want to go that avenue, but you know, I wanted to bring my sisters on just to talk to them. I'm always like, we should have our show. We should have a show. <laughs> we are interested with the Viras. Yeah. Um, but Thanks for listening. Catch you guys next week with another episode. I think it's going to be on the struggles of the art world. So hope you guys will listen to that. Bye. Catch you on the flippity flip. (laughs) See you later. (laughs) (laughs) Okay.